0: Have you ever felt that it has been too long since you've heard the voice of the Lord? That you've been too far away for too long? If that's you, like it has been me, I hope this story gives a little bit of comfort. It was an interesting day in Perea. As was often the case, Jesus was teaching a mixed audience. His disciples, listened, and reverenced what he said. The Pharisees, on the other hand, challenged him. Nonetheless, Jesus shared a series of parables. You remember them—the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son. Now, perhaps it is because the word prodigal means wasteful that the Lord followed immediately with another parable—the parable of the unjust steward— In that parable, he taught them to be wise and prepare for their future, to manage the goods and means of this world to their benefit and salvation. When he finished, the Pharisees, who were covetous, derided him. Because of that, that prompted another parable from Jesus. Quote, I will liken you, he said, meaning the Pharisees, unto a rich man. The Savior then told the story of a man who had it all. He was very wealthy in the things of this world and lived comfortably. Outside that rich man's gate, however, was a pitiable beggar named Lazarus, full of sores that the dogs licked. All Lazarus wanted was crumbs from the rich man's table, and they were denied. I pondered it this last time I read it and came to the realization the dogs licked his sores, not for nourishment, but because they took pity on him and tried to heal him. Only the dogs would have pity on Lazarus. No one else would. In time, Lazarus died and was taken to heaven. The rich man also died and was left in hell. The rich man, according to the parable, looked up and saw the beggar with Father Abraham. Father Abraham, he cried, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. End quote. Father Abraham denied the request, saying, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. Well, the meaning is pretty clear. God gave the wealth, and the rich man should have shared. His selfishness damned him. Seeing, therefore, that he could get no relief, the thoughts of the rich man turned to his family I pray thee, he said, therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. End of quote. Now that seems like a logical request from hell. If his brothers were visited by an angel from the other side, surely they would believe and repent. But Father Abraham said this, and this is telling no. They have Moses and the prophets, meaning they have the scriptures already. Let them hear them. The rich man came back. Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And this was Abraham's profound reply. Quote, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one should rise from the dead, end of quote. That's stunning. The holy scriptures are more powerful, more profound, and more lasting to change us and comfort us than the visit of an angel, according to Father Abraham and the Savior. The scriptures talk to us. They are more powerful and persuasive than the presence of angels. It has been said, if you want to talk to God, pray. If you want God to talk to you, study the scriptures. And by the way, Jesus was exactly right. Within just days, Lazarus, the real Lazarus of Bethany, did come back from the dead and they still didn't believe. This next story, i you may just laugh at it, and that's okay, but back in the day when we used to be able to go to movies, I used to get into conversations with people all the time about popular movies. There's a line that always goes something like this. Oh, that's, that's a great movie. There's just this one little part you have to worry about. Other than that, it's a great movie. You ever heard that? <laughs> you know. That's an instant danger signal that there's something wrong in that movie, probably something you don't wanna see or hear. So in regard to movies and like entertainment now on the internet or on your cell phone, I have a story. It's about my daughter, Hannah, whose birthday is in a couple of days. One Sunday afternoon, we were just finishing our family dinner when somehow the conversation turned to popular movies. I won't tell you what the movie was. You'd know exactly which one it is. One of my daughters mentioned that very popular movie and that it had one of those very objectionable scenes in it. And she said something like this, Dad, what's so wrong with that movie? I'd really like to see it. We can always fast forward through that two-minute part. (laughs) She knew exactly what that bad part was in that movie. She knew that she would she shouldn't see it but the rest of the movie had captured her imagination and she wanted to see it well therein lies the problem for all of us people's taste in music movies videos games on our cell phones etc well those are a representation of what's in our hearts you know this So someone comes along and audaciously starts criticizing your movies, your music, and your entertainment. We take it personal. They're criticizing us. Well, after a lot of years teaching youth, I realized that I wasn't gonna get very far by saying, you shouldn't see that movie, dear, because it has a bad part in it. Well, instead of arguing, which I knew wasn't gonna work, I remembered something a friend of mine had done in a class. Sitting on the table there in front of us was a pitcher of orange juice with just one cup left in the bottom. I poured that last cup, held it up, and asked Hannah if she wanted it. You have to understand that in those days, my children loved orange juice. And of course, yeah, Hannah wanted it. She would get the last and a double ration of orange juice. Okay, then, I said, follow me. With most of my children curiously following, I took that glass of orange juice and walked into the bathroom. I reached into the toilet with another cup and dipped out some toilet water. Ever so carefully, with them watching, I poured just one tiny drop of toilet water (laughs) into the orange juice. And then I held it out to her. Here you go, I said. She screamed and ran out of the bathroom. But honey, I said as I followed her out, it's only one little drop. I don't care, she yelled. It's yucky. You know, I couldn't get her to come within 10 feet of that glass of orange juice. I finally had to pour it out. None of them would drink it. And, well, you know where I poured it. Well, I didn't have a single argument anymore with my children about that movie. It would be a long time, I suppose, before they gained enough liberty away from the old man that they went out and watched it anyway. But at the time, I think I won a victory. The prophet Isaiah once said, my dear friends, Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. President Nelson has invited us to get on the covenant path. That is not a Sunday jaunt. It is time for us to listen. It is time for us to get clean. And that effort, brothers and sisters, to scrub ourselves clean of the stains of a filthy, fallen world, I promise, It is going to take longer than you imagine and require more dedicated effort than you have ever thought. You better get started. The Lord will be there to help you all along the way. This next story, (laughs) I've never told. In fact, until today, I never really studied it or paid any attention to it. But for some strange reason, it has been very much on my mind the last few days. For whatever reason, I share this story with now with you in hopes that it will stick to you when you need it, the way it has stuck to me. Sometime around the first week of May, 1832, the Prophet Joseph Smith, Sidney Rigdon, and Newell K. Whitney were traveling by stagecoach from Independence, Missouri to Kirtland, Ohio, not very far from Greenville, Indiana, the horses of the stage stampeded. And while going at full speed, Bishop Whitney attempted to jump out of the coach, but having caught his coat fast, caught his foot in the wheel and had his leg and foot broken in several places. Well, it was decided that Sidney would continue on to Kirtland while Joseph would stay with Newell in Greenville and take care of him. Joseph set Newell's leg and ministered to him the four weeks that they were there. It was on June 6, 1832, that Joseph penned the following in a letter to his wife, Emma. And it is this letter that stuck to me came back to me, even though I didn't even know that I remembered it. And I want you, please, to listen carefully to what Joseph writes here. He said, quote, My situation is a very unpleasant one, although I will endeavor to be contented, the Lord assisting me. I have visited a grove which is just back of the town almost every day, where I can be secluded from the eyes of any mortal and there give vent to all the feelings of my heart in meditation and prayer. I have called to mind all the past moments of my life and am left to mourn and shed tears of sorrow for my folly in suffering the adversary of my soul to have so much power over me as he has had in times past. But God is, is merciful, and has forgiven my sins, and I rejoice that he sendeth forth the Comforter unto as many as believe, and humbleth themselves before him. I will try, Joseph said, to be contented with my lot, knowing that God is my friend, and in him I shall find comfort. I have given my life into his hands." I am prepared to go at His call. I desire to be with Christ. I count not my life dear to me, only to do His will. End of quote. Joseph later wrote, While at this place, I frequently walked out in the woods where I saw several fresh graves. And one day when I rose from the dinner table, I walked directly to the door and commenced vomiting most profusely. I raised large quantities of blood and poisonous matter. And so great were the muscular contortions of my system that my jaw was dislocated in a few moments. This I succeeded in replacing with my own hands and made my way to Brother Whitney, who was on the bed as speedily as possible, He laid his hands on me and administered in the name of the Lord, and I was healed in an instant, although the effect of the poison had been so powerful as to cause much of my hair to become loosened from my head. Thanks be to my Heavenly Father for his interference in my behalf at this critical moment. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen, he wrote. Now, I tell you that story about the Prophet Joseph Smith, about his sacred grove for two reasons. I hope you have a sacred grove and I hope you go there often. And I also tell you that story because for you or anyone you know, who has ever doubted the humble authenticity of the soul of Joseph Smith, all you need do is read his letters His writings, to know Joseph loved the Lord, and he sincerely wanted to be good, do good, and love God with all of his heart. Not too long after that, after the four weeks, one day Joseph came in from his sacred grove and told Bishop Whitney that if he would agree to get off the bed the following morning, Which bed he hadn't gotten off of in four weeks, Joseph said, they would find a wagon the next morning waiting for them that would take them to the river, where they would find a ferry waiting for them to take them across the river, where they would find a hack which would take them directly to the boat landing, where they would find a boat in waiting to take them home. And all of this, Joseph said, would happen before 10 in the morning. In response, Joseph wrote, quote, he, Bishop Whitney, took courage and told me he would go. We started the next morning and found everything as I had told him, and we were passing rapidly up the river before 10 o'clock. End of quote. My dear friends, I witness to you that this gospel is true. God is with you. He loves you. Keep trying. Just keep trying and do your best. And with the Lord's help, you and I will come out on top. Thank you for listening. Many of the stories you heard today have been published and are archived at GlenrossonStories.com. If you would like more information, you can communicate with us there. We will be back again with another podcast next week.